coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. Children are temporary. And when you have those children in your home for 18 or 19 years, and in the process, you violate your marriage or you violate your relationship with God because of those children. Hey, you've done them no favors whatsoever. Listen, how can your children succeed unless they see you succeed? Raising great children as you build a great marriage, we're going to talk about three principles, very simple principles that are very profound. And I promise if you do these principles, because everybody can do it, it's a very simple, simple thing. These three principles will cause you to succeed. And when couples do not succeed in being married successfully and raising great kids, it's because somewhere along the line, these principles were forsaken. So principle number one of the three, marriage precedes children in priority. Now, you know, I know that, I know that you believe that, but, but let me tell you about something that's real common. And again, this is innocent and it's, it's right in some ways, but some, sometimes uh, you'll hear people say, nothing is as important to me as my children. Uh, there was a, a program on one day, it was on television, it was a talk show, and they had mothers uh, behind the scenes, and they didn't know that their husbands were watching from the other room. Okay, So there were the husbands in one room, the wives in the other room, and they were talking about their children. And these women were going around the room, and they were saying, nothing is as important to me as my children. And it sounds great. I mean, it sounds like a, a good, wholesome American thing to say. Well, what they didn't know is their husbands were in the other room talking about how frustrated and violated they were that they didn't get enough of their wives because they were always busy mothering their children. These husbands were bitter and frustrated and angry, and the mothers were saying, nothing is important to me as my children. Well, fathers can do the same thing. So I'm not, I'm not picking on women. I'm saying, if, if you in your heart or in your mind think, nothing is as important to me as my children, you're wrong. There are two things more important than your children. The first is God, and the second is your marriage. Those two things are more important than your children. And then once those things are set, then your children are the third most important thing in your life. And let me, let me t- talk about why this is such an important principle. Your relationship with God and your marriage is what makes you into a great parent. When you, when you wake up every day and you have a relationship with God, God heals you, God fills you, God loves you, God gives you wisdom, God gives you strength, God solves problems that nobody else can solve. God enables us to, to be parents. Uh, uh, Galatians 5 tells us about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the nine relational qualities that make you a great spouse and a great parent. And they come free from God. But we don't have them on our own. We have a very shallow veneer in and of ourselves. But with God's, it's, it's, listen, it's amazing how petty we can be under pressure as people so quickly. But under the power of the Holy Spirit it is amazing how godly we can be under pressure. It makes all the difference in the world. When I wake up in the morning and I pray and I depend on God, it is amazing what I can do that day because I depended on God as a husband and as a father. 
But when I don't wake up and depend on God, it is amazing how carnal I can be. It is amazing the things that I can say and do that, that, just, you know, that, that disappoint me in myself. And so, A, I've got to have God. And B, I need my spouse. My, my marriage meets needs in me that God and my marriage meet you know, 95% of the needs in my life. So as a happy person, because I know God, and then because of a happy man, because I know Karen, and we have a great marriage, I'm ready to parent. I'm not, I'm not overly needy. I've got my needs met. I, I've got my priorities right. And my children's security comes from that. When your children see you happy, they're happy. When your children see you secure, they're secure. Research finds, you know, children internalize issues. And research finds that if parents are fighting and never say anything, that children can pick up on the tension and their relationship, and they will internalize that and begin to get sick. Even if you're not fighting in front of them. If you're not happy in your relationship, if you're struggling in your relationship, I'm talking about long-term because we all have issues from time to time. But if you're struggling in your relationship, your children's security comes from you being secure. You can't be secure in your children. You're secure from God in your marriage, especially God. And so marriage comes before children. God comes before children. And then our children are precious and they deserve the, the best of us except for God and our spouse. Children are temporary. And when you have those children in your home for 18 or 19 years, and in the process, you violate your marriage or you violate your relationship with God because of those children. Hey, you've done them no favors whatsoever. Listen, how can your children succeed unless they see you succeed? See, we showed them a successful relationship. It, let, me, let me say this another way. And I want you to listen to what I'm saying. And this might sound arrogant, but it's not arrogant. You need to make this statement. I want my children to be just like me. If you, if you don't want your children to be just like you, you don't understand parenting because it's more caught than taught. Your life speaks louder than your lips. They are studying your priorities. They're studying your attitudes. They're studying the way you resolve conflict. They're studying your values. They're studying your relationship with God and your beliefs in God. They're studying not just what you're saying now. They're studying the way you're living your life. And so here's what I said, Karen and I said related to us. I want my children to be just like me. I want them to have a church just like me. I want them to have a relationship with the Lord just like me. I want them to have a marriage just like me, whatever. But actually, my kids are better than us. Our, our kids are better than us. I mean, our kids have taken it to the next level. I am so proud of them. They're better parents than we were. And I'm saying, do you want your children to be just like you? Because the way that I'm living my life is empowering them for success, or it's confusing them and giving them something that they're going to have to overcome later in life. And so before parenting, I need a relationship with God that is a humble, dependent relationship with God that I'm allowing him to work in my life. Because every time God does something in my life, it betters my children. And they're going to find their security in that. And they're, they're going to uh, be blessed by that. God comes first, then my marriage, then my children. Marriage precedes children in priority. Number two principle is unity is essential. You have to be unified. Jesus said, a house divided against itself can't stand. If you're divided against yourself, your house can't stand. And so in, in parenting, you always present a united front. These are, these are four pr practices of unity. I'm talking about unity now. 
Let me just give you four points here. Number one, always present a united front to your children and never let your children divide you. When you're a parent, we're a two-headed monster. And you'll never deal with one head. We're two-headed. Okay? So they come up and they say, can, we go, can I go to the movies with my friends? Well, let me talk to your mother. She won't mind. Uh, she said yes. I want to hear it from her lips. Why? Because you lie. And so I'm going to hear it from her. And not in front of you either. Okay. Now, if it's a simple decision, that's fine. But what Karen and I would do is go in our room by ourselves with our children. Typically, we're in bed. And we would sit down and sometimes we would argue. Because Julie has my personality. Brent has Karen's personality. And so it was easy for me to understand Julie. It was very challenging for Karen to understand Julie at times. It was easy for Karen to understand Brent. It was hard for me to understand Brent. Okay? And so we would sit down and talk, and we would represent the kids to each other, always knowing that our marriage was more important than our children. But sometimes we would have to sit there and talk to each other, and I'd say, Karen, you don't understand what Julie's saying. And she said, I know exactly what she's saying. I'm a woman, you're not, I know exactly. I said, no, you don't. Like this. So we would sit there and we'd have those conversations. And at the end of the conversation, we would say, this is what we're going to do, right? Okay. We would walk out. They didn't know anything about the conversation. The only thing they knew is mom and dad was a two-headed monster. You're going to get both of us and we're both saying exactly the same thing. Not this. Well, I'd let you go, but your mother won't. You know, well, what does that say to kids? You know, you're divided at that point. A house divided against itself cannot stand. We are unified on everything that we do. Number two, always honor each other in front of your children and make your children honor your spouse. I, you never disrespect each other in front of your children. So if, if, my, if, if our kids, like I'm sitting there, you know, in the living room, and I would hear Julie or Brent disrespect Karen, I never made Karen defend herself. I'd say, I don't know, you don't talk to your mother that way. Unity means what you do to her, you did to me. Division means you can pick on them all day long, and I'm just going to sit here and watch it. I'm just a spectator. When, the, when I heard a tone in their voice, anything like that, I would get up and I'd walk in there and say, you don't talk to your mother that way. You apologize to your mother like that. And they knew you pick a fight with her, you got to fight with dad. And the same was true of Karen. And so always honor your, if you have something to say, you say it behind closed doors, but don't put each other down. Uh, when your kids are around, don't, don't be sarcastic. Don't be demeaning. And if your children, because if you do, the kids will pick up on that. And they're going to do the same thing. So always honor each other. Number, number three, never allow a significant difference to develop in how you express love or enforce discipline. Now, this is the good cop, bad cop thing. And this comes into extremes. Your children need both of you to be affectionate with them. And your children need both of you to discipline them. Sometimes a man at a certain age has to be the one that enforces the discipline. Okay, just simply for, for size or whatever it is. But you both are empowered to discipline and you both support each other in discipline. But the horrible thing is, see, when one parent is a goof off, the other parent has to become more stern in order to bring a balance in the family. When one when one spouse is out of control, the other spouse will go to the opposite extreme to gain control. If you're a spendthrift, I'm going to rat hole money. But we're not unified. Okay. If, if you're a goof off and you're, you're too fun and you, you're too permissive with the kids, then I'm going to have to be more stern and be the disciplinarian. And what happens is 
because now I'm the disciplinarian, I'm not able to show the affection. You've robbed me of the ability to show the affection that I would show because now I've got to be the disciplinarian. Come together and make this commitment. Children need affection from their mother and father. You don't make the, the woman the affectionate person or the man the affectionate person. Say, well, you're, you're sweeter than me and you're more affectionate and natural than me. You give kids the affection. Their sexual and emotional development is uh, very, very tied to the affection and attention they get from both sexes. Both sexes. So they both need you to affirm them verbally and be affectionate. And they both need you to express discipline both in healthy ways as a united front. Don't get into the good cop, bad cop thing. They need two parents loving each other and getting along. Number four, go outside of your marriage for counseling and input when you reach an impasse. Go outside your marriage. Your kids sometimes can push you to the wall. you know. And I mean, you're just not objective. So Karen and I were committed to every principle I'm talking to right now. We got to a circumstance we couldn't solve and we couldn't talk it out. And it went on for a while. And um, we, uh, we had a disagreement about one of our kids. And our kids were great kids. But, you know, the kids challenge you. And we had a circumstance that came up that I had an opinion on and she had an opinion on. And it happened every day. It wasn't like one of those things that comes up every six months. It was every day event within our family. And so we were, we were challenged on this. So I was a pastor. And um, I told Karen one day, I said, pick who you want to go to and we'll go to them. And I'll submit to whatever they say. And she said, well, who do you feel comfortable with? So we talked about who we felt comfortable with. And it was a pastor. And um, it was a woman. And so we walked into this uh, woman's office uh, that we uh, both respected. And here's what I said. Now, we're not here just to get your advice. We're here to submit to your counsel. We have an impasse in our family. And there's something going on with, with one of our children that we cannot solve. So we're not going to argue with you. We're going to tell you what's happening. And whatever you say is going to be God's voice to us. We've already decided that. Okay. So she said, well, tell me what's happening. So Karen gave her side and I gave my side. And she said, Jimmy, you're wrong. I was wrong. Karen was right. Karen contended with me on that issue. And I, but I, I couldn't see it. I was too emotionally involved. And I was strongly opinionated, and I just couldn't see it. Let me say, thank God for that woman that counseled us. Thank God. And thank God that I walked in there, submitted, and not arguing. Because she took Karen's side. But it wasn't Karen's side, it was God's side, because Karen was right. So when you, when you reach an impasse, don't let it destroy your marriage. Don't let it take you out. Everybody comes to those points. Everyone's going to come to times in your marriage and as parents, you can't solve the problem on your own. And here's what we taught our children. Getting help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. Wise people get help. Rich people have financial counselors all around them. People going broke won't even read a book on money. People who are successful parents are in seminars just like this. But people whose kids are falling apart and they don't have any hope, they won't, they won't take any advice. So you have a teachable spirit. You get help. And it's just part of the, part of the mindset of success. There's one other thing, real quickly. This is the, the third principle. Marriage precedes the priority of children, which is very critical. Okay, And so 
Unity is essential. We have to be united front. Doesn't mean we don't disagree, but we don't disagree in front of the kids. We're a team here. Number three, parenting takes faith. It takes faith. You've got to be faith-filled to parent, especially in the days that we're living in. Now, let's listen to scripture. And I know you've heard this before. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay, train him up. Now, training doesn't mean talking. Training means showing. It includes telling, but it means living in front of. I'm going to train you how to sit there and watch me. I'm going to train you how to do this. That's training. Sit there and watch me. I'm going to do it. And, and I'm going to talk to you, but I'm going to show you how to do it. Okay. Talking is teaching. It's not training. Train your children up. Show them how to live successfully. And when they become mature, they'll return to what you showed. That mean you won't have challenges. And it doesn't mean there won't be some, some difficult moments in the meantime. But if you train them up, you have to have faith that if you do the right thing in front of them, they'll return to that one day. This program today is on raising great children as you build a great marriage. And the, the important thing, Karen, is that you do both. Yeah. You know, you, you can have a great marriage and not raise great children. You can have wonderful children, and then when they leave home, your marriage falls apart. <laughs> and so you want to have both, and you can have both. We had both. And so we have some questions from some of our viewers mm -hmm. and that they've written in concerning children. We want to answer some of these questions. Karen, I think That's you right. Um, Jimmy, in this age of smartphones, social media, and even virtual reality, how do you help your kids use technology wisely and yet not become addicted? You have to limit your children's use of uh, technology. Mm -hmm. And we have five grandchildren. Every single one of them can use technology, mm -hmm. including our three-year-old grandson. <laughs> and you literally have to say to the kids, you can only use this for a certain amount of time, mm -hmm. and you can't get it connected to the Internet. Mm -hmm. See, once your children can get connected to the Internet, it is a very, very dangerous and thing. And they're smarter than you think. They're, they're smarter than you think, and unless you're standing there with them, over 50% of parents say they're too busy to monitor mm -hmm. their children's Internet activities. Let me just say something. The Internet is an extremely dangerous place mm -hmm. where your child can see and hear things that are unthinkable. And, and, and they're tempted to see those things. And their, their friends many times are seeing those things. So uh, cell phones and computers and all kinds of technology. Our little granddaughter one day was on a game on an iPad, mm -hmm. and some guy was talking to her on there. We didn't even know, and she was sitting there right there with us, and we didn't even know that she was on the Internet, and she didn't either. But this game just immediately connected her to the Internet. You've got to attend your children, mm -hmm. and you've got to say to them, no technology, we're going to go outside and play. No technology, we're going to be together as a family. Well, there's plenty of parent control because, you know, with technology, there's a lot of parents have pushed for safer, you know, so right. check those out. There's plenty of things yep. that you can put on your computer, on their iPads, whatever they're using, that protects them too. But but it's it's tempting sometimes to let technology raise your kids. Oh, yeah. And let them sit in front of TVs and movies, but mm -hmm. it's bad for those kids. Mm -hmm. They need time with you. They need exercise. They need exercise. <laughs> And, and technology uh, is proven that when you have too much technology, it makes you depressed. It makes you unhealthy. Uh, it does all kinds of bad things to us. So you, parents have to train their children, and we have to stay uh, connected technologically with what's going on because it's greatly impacting our kids. Mm, that's good. Okay. Let me read you this question. For This is for you. My kids are greatly influenced by other children's language, attitudes, and interests. 
We try to set a good example, but our children frequently repeat what they see and hear. <laughs> you know, this is such a common thing. I mean, there's no such thing. I don't care if, how old your children are. How The reason I'm saying this is because we were just talking to our son who's 40, and you and I, we were very strong in how we, you know, who they ran around with, who their friends yeah. were. We had them in Christian school. And there's tell, he's telling us stories that happened when he was young. I had no idea. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, so and so. We would have killed him. Oh no. So and so, they showed us this. So and so did this. I'm like, what? And I mean, we thought we knew the families. So I'm just saying, you really have to be careful, but don't be legalistic. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing you can do is be legalistic with your children because it's going to produce rebellion. Be relational. And just sit down and talk to them and just say, you know, let's have open communication. If you see and hear these things, be sure and tell us. You won't be punished, but let us know. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes it's just better to have the kids in your own home. If they're going to have friends, yeah. let those friends come to your house. If you don't know those kids, if you don't make know sure their family, I mean, yeah. it's just best. And well, First Corinthians fifteen thirty three says, "Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts mm-hmm. good morals." So we need to do everything we can. Like you said, Karen, make sure that you know the kids that your kids are with and their families. And if you don't, make sure they're in your home, not their home. Mm-hmm. But we did. We, you know, our kids told the stories like that when they grew older. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew that we couldn't punish them. <laughs> they told the stories, but we were very careful parents. And, and you know, the other thing is, kids today are being bullied like never before. It doesn't matter how much the media talks about it, talks about how wrong it is. They're still being bullied. It doesn't matter what ages they are. They're being bullied. And so there's always that one bully in the in the classroom that's going to yeah. cause trouble. And, you know, there's just so much, you know, you need to look for attitudes in your children that are, you're thinking, okay, something's happening in school that's producing an attitude that's not good. Yeah, you can, you can tell your child's behavior is going to tell you about the kids that are around. Mm-hmm. And, and, but at the same time, it's a learning curve. It's a learning process because you can't, go in and tell the teachers, these are who I want my kids to be with, because that's not going to happen. Yeah. But you can train your children. These are the signs to look for. Do not let them, you know, influence you. You be the influencer and be kind, but yet come to us and let us know these things. Yeah, and, and help them through that. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Well, thank you for joining us today. We're so glad that you joined us for Marriage Today. Thank you, all of our partners our monthly partners who help us to take this ministry around the world. If you're not a partner, we're going to give you some information right now about how you can become a partner. God bless you.